Welcome everyone to Heart Snuggles. We hope you're having a great day today. I brought on an old friend from Seattle who I'm really, really, really excited to share with you guys. So go ahead and give yourself a little intro. Hello, my name is Yonza Masinguzi. Um, I am a Seattle native um, and I am just super blessed to be here. Lexi is amazing. Everything that she's doing, putting on this platform, speaking to others, um, I believe that this is a time where people need to listen and speak. So um, thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so tell them where you are now, what you're doing for work and for fun. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually here in Austin, Texas. So I actually moved to Austin about a year ago. Um, I decided to leave Seattle. I love Seattle. Go Seahawks. But uh, I decided to leave Seattle um, just because I wanted to get a different vibe to my day. You know, I kind of felt like in a revolving door. I was blessed with all the opportunities that I did have in Seattle. But um, I thought it was a you know, great opportunity. My, one of my best friends actually lives here in Austin. And so it was really easy for me to come down here. The job that I was working at the, at the time, they were happy to transfer me to Austin um, and continue on with my position. So it just worked out so well. Um, I'm currently working not at that company that I was transferred over here with, but now I'm working for a family business called Bezoe Inc. Uh, we are a home care agency slash skilled nursing um, staffing agency. Um, we mainly work in Washington, the King County, Snohomish, and Pierce Counties. My current title is Vice President of Operations and Business Development. And um, really what we do is, is we provide compassionate care to the people who need it the most, right? The people, the generation that, you know, is the most vulnerable. And so um, what I do um, every day is I lead a team of 30, 30 something people right now. Um, and we, our main goal is to provide compassionate, consistent care. And so um, that's what I do. And I love my job. My mother built this beautiful company and I'm just blessed to be here. So. That's so beautiful. That, I yeah. love that. And that aligns with you so well. You're such a compassionate being. Um, so I'm so proud of you. I didn't know that you switched over. So that's amazing. And yeah. I'd love to hear or for you to share about your journey about being a first generation. Yeah. So definitely when my mother moved here from Uganda, um, we are from Uganda, and she moved here when I was born. Um, I was actually born in Canada, Toronto, but, you know, she came over here to Seattle. We had family over here and, um, you know, my mom had me, my brother, we were probably really young. My mother had to go back to Africa to go get my sister. So she left me with my family for, you know, about six, eight months when I was really young. Um, when she came back, you know, she just started working just like any immigrant that has kids and single mother. Um, and, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week, my mom was working. And really, um, I spent a lot of time with great coaches, mentors, church leaders and organizations. My mom did an awesome job of making sure that we were always involved in something. We were always fed. She was always on top of that as a mother. And so, you know, even clothes, back to school shopping, she would do anything that she can to make sure that, they, you know, whether it was free, whatever it was, we were going to get what we got. And um, 
growing up, that was just how it was. And so I was blessed that I lived in the east side growing up and east side of uh, Seattle. If you know, if you're familiar with that, there's Bellevue, Kirkland, you know, you're talking some really high in wealth uh, areas. And so there are low income families there. Don't, you know, there are a lot, actually. There's some of the biggest income uh, neighborhood, low income neighborhoods and uh, population. Um, so, you know, I was super blessed to live on the east side. We were able to meet some great, great people who cared about kids and cared about, you know, life. And so I asked for help always. And that's, you know, one of the things that I did growing up being a low income person is that, you know, hey, when you went to school, you know, talking to your counselor, opening up conversations, hard conversations, you know, your counselors will ask you, hey, do you have, you know, Thanksgiving breaks around the corner? Do you guys have, you know, Thanksgiving dinner? Instead of saying no, I said, yes. We, I mean, I, instead of saying yes, I said no, right? Instead of being embarrassed and saying, no, we're okay. I always, always, always would ask for help. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things of being, a, I, I get it. You know, being new to the country, you don't want to look like the, you know, kid that's broke. You don't want to look like the kid that's getting the low income lunch. Don't want to look like the kid that has the big basket walking around before the two week break full of all the food. I get all that. But I was that kid. And um, the reason why I was okay with it, because I knew how much it meant to my mom. I knew how much it meant to the family. And once you get over that in your head of just not looking like that kid, it's like at the end of the day, that that stuff didn't define me. I mean, maybe some kids made, made fun of me. You know, me and my brother used to wear football cleats to school when we were in elementary school because we didn't have any idea. Like when we were really new to the country, we had no idea, you know, football cleats aren't worn to like, you know, to school. And so we just saw the Nike sign and we're wearing full on cleats. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, things like that, you know, we were, we were truly, you know, fresh to America. And so um, honestly, you know, growing up, um, I know not everyone's blessed with the opportunity to be on the East side. And um, if you're not, and you're in an area where you don't have as many opportunities, you got to look and you got to look deeper because um, especially if you're in Washington, you could get help. You could get, you know, the sort of assistance you need. If you're having trouble getting back to school clothes, if you're having trouble um, with food, if you're having trouble in school, any sort of home issues, anything like that, you've got to talk to your school counselors, got to talk to you, the people around you, talk to the adults around you. There's somebody that will help you. Um, trust me, there's more good people in the world than bad. And that's something I truly do believe. And so, you know, you will see the bad and you'll think, oh, everyone's so bad. No, there's more good people. Trust that. Trust that. So that's something that I learned growing up. You know, there's more, you know, good people than bad. And I just kept shaking hands with the good people. So um, I was super blessed and um, went to Bellevue High School uh, again. Another great, great school. If anybody knows Washington, played football there. Again, another great opportunity being part of such a legacy and dynasty, go Bellevue. Uh, and, you know, there is where I figured out that I wasn't going to go play Division One football. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm five foot six, seven guys. And, you know, growing up, I always thought, you know, I was going to play D1. And 
there, those, there's some good kids there and they weren't playing D1. And so that's where I really made that V turn in my life. And I was like, I'm going to focus on school, focus on networking, focus on relationships and communication. And um, that was a big, big, big point in my life. I mean, Bellevue did a lot for me. Um, some of the people I live with today, my closest friends uh, all came from Bellevue, Bellevue football program was great to me. Bellevue actually set me up for my first job uh, right out of high school. You know, I, instead of going to college, we couldn't afford it. I did get into colleges, and but we just still, when we looked at everything, it wasn't going to work. And so we were going to go the junior college route, you know, go to Bellevue College. But I got a great opportunity at Ford Sports, um, you know, with Tracy Ford over there. He brought me in at 18 years old and he made me his right, you know, he was like, you're my right hand. So my title there at 18 years old was head of business development for this new sports facility. And he's training guys like Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman. We got, you know, Sierra's coming in, you know, she's wants, you know, so it, it was, it was awesome opportunity at 18 years old. And I, I, I love Tracy and that team and the, the, everything that those guys are doing for the Northwest and the kids. I mean, Tracy Ford, if you haven't heard of Tracy Ford, he's a, he is somebody in the community that is doing it for people. And if you're an athlete or if you're just a kid in high school and you want somewhere to go work out, message Tracy Ford. I still help. I know that for a fact. So um, Tracy Ford's great. Worked there for a couple of years, moved on from there, fell in love with food, of course. And uh, I started in the restaurant industry, started at Maggiano's, went up through there, went to Mod Pizza. Worked at Mont Pizza for four or five years. Worked from the, you know, I started at you know the line, and I worked up to management. Worked into the construction management, new store development. Um, Mod was great. That's where I learned how to love people. Mod is one of those companies where they put their people first, and so, I mean, it was that was where I really, really, truly learned. Okay, people. You know, everything we did at Mod Pizza was about people, right? And so building a company around that, being there during their startup time when they're the fastest growing restaurant company in America for three years in a row. I mean, I was part of that team. And so, and consistently, it was all about people. And so actually the founders are great mentors of mine. And um, I actually, you know, really close with their son. And so you know, I truly believed in bled mod, if you know what I'm saying. I bled pizza sauce. And um, so I, I I loved mod and it was the best, best, best time of my life. I got so much opportunity, traveled all over the country. I mean, mod was, yeah, I loved mod. And I unfortunately left mod, you know, once I came to Texas, again, I was there for five, you know, six years and you know, I just felt like I needed something new. And so now I'm with my mother and working for her company. She started that company from scratch. She did. And she worked it for 10 years and she handed me a full on company. And so all the props to my mom for what B Zoe is today. Um, still today, she's the one in charge. She's the one just absolutely killing it. Um, so be Zoe would not be where it's at without my mother. So it's been great. Aww. Yeah. Got chills a few times when you were saying your story. <laughs> so beautiful. And yeah, it's like you've really been, it's so cool that you've been guided to, with so many beautiful mentors along your whole journey and like things have just worked out. And 
you not having shame around your story, I think is huge because you were open to receiving and anytime we're open to receive, we will be, we will be blessed. And it's, it's hard to like remove that ego, but you really had to. And I'm so proud of you. And yeah, it's like, you also trusted just your path. You're like, all right, I wanted to be in football, but you know, it's not, it's not happening. So (laughs) yeah. Like some people just end their lives there. They're like, yeah. All I had planned. That's it. That's all. But you're like, all right, nope. I'm gonna, I'm gonna redirect. And like, you just have such a good mindset. So I think that's really beautiful to see. And and then now here you are with back with your mama. That's so awesome. Oh, it's I'm it's I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Definitely. Yeah. And so, will you share what happened with your dad? Yeah. So my father and my mother, honestly, you know. When my mom first came to America, my mom was with the intention of, okay, we're going to, you know, come over here and my dad's going to follow. Well, my dad was like, I don't know about that. He has a PhD uh, back home. He went to school for a really long time to get it in accounting. And so he has a business and he really was like, look, if I come to America, I'm going to have to start from scratch and really do that. And he just didn't feel like it was, you know, a good opportunity for him. He loves his kids. Uh, We talked all the time. He sent money. He came and visited once. Um, And, uh, you know, I I love my father. He's a great guy. I still talk to him today. He has, you know, my mom and him are still best friends. They are not legally together, but they still talk on the phone and they laugh and send pictures and, it's, you know, they're, it's, those guys were with each other since high school. So, and back home in Uganda, it's, you know, there's small villages. So families are families, you know, my, my aunt lives out here on my father's side. My father's brother lives in Canada, Toronto. We're all still very close. We're, we're still a family. So um, even though my parents aren't together, um, he's still been a great, great, you know, person in my life from afar, you know, as you know, my mother did have to take, you know, the mother father role at times and teach me a lot of things that, you know, maybe I wish my father was there to teach me. Of course, you know, I wish my dad was there every day, but I mean, what am I going to, I mean, I, 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 what am I going to do? You know, I had what I got. My mother was doing all she could. So what I spent time doing was talking to the male figures in my life that were around. And um, having those conversations with them, football coaches, mentors, uh, teachers, counselors, uh, even the janitor, the athletic director. I mean, there's so many male, you know, good, good characters. You just got to look around and reach out. Mm, Yeah, that's really good that you're able to accept it. It's like that's a choice again. Like you've just made such good choices. Like in those moments, you could have been like, well, you know, it's sulked around, but you're like, no, let me figure out how I can still gain this wisdom from men. And I had to do the same growing up with just a dad. Like I had to find female figures to get that information from as well. And um, you just have to be resourceful. It's like, you just got to be right. I mean, when you're, it's like, uh, one of the things that I always tell people is like, if you don't ask questions, if you don't raise your hand, if you don't if you're not one of those people where you're actually engaged in what's going on and really thinking through it, you could, you will not, how do I say this politically correct? You to get up in the life and to get what the life you need, you're going to have to ask questions. You're going to have to challenge things. Anybody that's successful, anybody that 
is a mentor or a, you know a, a figure that you would want to be anybody that you look at and you're like wow that okay that person's doing really well they challenge things they're not always understood they're not always you know approved by the you know the 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 community right these are people that come out there and challenge the norms and uh, raise their hand and ask questions and so that is the one thing that I do say is like, hey, if you're going to get anything from this podcast, challenge things, ask questions and ask for help. Yeah, me too. Those are some of my top values. And it's, it's, it's facts. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So now I want to talk about how your faith, I know you have a pretty strong faith. So share your journey with that. Yeah. So Honestly, I grew up in a very, very Christian household, you know, going to church um, Sundays, going to summer camps, going to First Presbyterian. I was a city church goer and then they turned into, you know, it's I've been in church my whole life. I did lose. um, I don't mean to say I didn't lose my faith in God, but I did stop going to church for a point in my life. Um, I did go through some dark times where I was making terrible decisions during that time. And I finally got a slap in the back of the head um, by the law. And they were like, hey, you know, and it, it came close, you know, to where I was going to get in serious trouble. And I decided, okay, well, I'm going to change a couple of my life decisions, change where I'm going. And I decided to start going back to church. I decided to start praying. I decided to start having a faith. And my faith is in God and and, and Jesus. And so, um, not everybody has that faith and that's fine, but I, I found that to be something that's been powerful for me um, to believe in something, to be able to reach out to something and understand that, you know, the Holy Spirit's around. Um, recently, we brought on a director of operations, um, Mike, and um, he's a man of God and he surrounds God with everything that we do at Bezoe. And in the last four or five months um, since he's been on, the growth, the, the, the speed that we're able to do things, the compassionate care, our deliveries, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, he always, he always tells me, he's like, it's God, you know, and he always just says, that. he's like, it's God, don't, don't, don't question it. Just keep praying. We pray every morning and we pray every day at the end of the day. That's our last two things we do together. And um, we have a verse of the week and we've completely surrounded God in our company and we are just going like this and letting him take the wheel and control. And it's been going. And um, I mean, right now we have six positions open, RNs, LPNs. I mean, feel, I mean, it's where we're at today. It's, it's all because of God, my mother. Um, and so that's really honestly where we're at with my faith is like, I've just surrounded everything I'm doing with God. And, you know, of course I'm not perfect, but I, I do believe that, you know, you can just try your best, you know, you're not going to always be perfect, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't cuss, you don't drink, you don't do it. You know, you're just a soldier. No, it's, you know, you're human and, um, you know, stuff happens, but, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to have faith in God and faith in who you trust and faith in yourself and go like this, let him lead you or whatever you believe in, but just let him lead you. Right. That's what I, that's what I've been doing and working with me. So. 
That's beautiful. That's so nice to be in an environment where you guys share the same values. I think that is so important in all aspects of life because our environment shape us. And so it's important to be in healthy environments and be in environments that are so aligned with us. And that's same with relationships. Like you need to be with people that share the same values as you. And um, that must be really nice to be in that. Yeah, it is. And how are um, relationships for you outside of? <laughs> well, that is, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I am, uh, I'm not the best when it comes to like, so friends, tons of friends. Network, large. Love people. Um, I treat everyone just like, you know, that's how I am. I just shake hands. I say hi. I hug. I give you a kiss on the cheek. You're family, right? Outside of that, who I, you know, I, I you know, in my preference, I, you know, I don't have a, a girlfriend. I don't have a, you know, a partner or anything like that. I think that I am struggling on that vote because, you know, I, I, I don't do a good enough time, you know, doing enough balance in my life. I spend a lot of time working, a lot of time hanging out with friends when I'm not working. And so building that relationship and with, you know, that significant other has been something that has been a struggle for me. But I do think that, you know, as I grow, I think I've been on a honeymoon phase here in Austin, you know, it's my first year. So as I grow and get more mature and understand, you know, what I truly want in life, which is a family, kids, you know, I want those things. And so I'm going to have to make that decision and really spend some time and effort. You can't just be a one text, you know, hey, how are you? And then ghost. That's my problem. I don't, I'm, I'm just terrible at communication. Um, and Wait, I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to pause you because you're not actually terrible at communication. Um, That's fair. these are things we do in our minds. We trick ourselves. We're like, Oh, I'm bad at this, but you're so good at communication. Look at this podcast. You've been so open, so vulnerable. Like you are good at communication. It's just about putting it in the area that you haven't been using it. So that's fair. Uh, there it is. That's fair. See, I like that. Cause I, I honestly need that boost because there are some great, great, great partners that I could potentially, you know, even today that are just great friends of mine. And, you know, I just, need to follow up, need to, you know, be consistent, you know, and be what a girl would like or what, you know, whatever your partner is, or, you know, just be that true kind person that, you know, shows care. Um, So I need to do a better job of that, but I'm working on it. It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) It's like when you're ready, you will. And even the consistent thing, like, you know, you know how to be consistent. all these things that you, you know, think you don't like, you actually look at all the other areas of your life. Like you have those skills. And, um, I know when you do like choose to make that a priority, like you'll, you'll be reeling in a fine ass honey. <laughs> I'll be my goal. You know, I'll be my goal. You'll be at my wedding. Don't worry. Uh, so <laughs> good. Have a great time. <laughs> It'll be epic. So tell everyone how old you are and maybe what you're looking for in a woman. We'll call it in for you. Okay, perfect. So I'm 24. Um, To be honest, I'm just looking for, you know, somebody that is, you know, God led. Um, I'm looking for somebody that is going to challenge me in every aspect when it comes to, you know, especially the things that I'm the most interested in, right? So I know some people are like, oh, we're opposites. That would be cool if I found somebody that was my opposite. But truly, when I write it down on paper, it would be somebody that's interested in business, interested in sports. We could watch Sunday football together. Who wants to do, you know, 
outdoor activities, but not every weekend, but, you know, you know, just like me, right? Like I like to go paddleboarding and go hiking and those things and camping, but that'd be every weekend, right? Like, I just want somebody that, you know, loves animals as well. You know, I have a beautiful, beautiful pit bull named Beast. Um, he's six years old. Um, he's everything to me. Um, so, you know, you got to love Beast. And uh, so truly, I mean, if you know anybody like that, Lexi, throw them my way. Um, I'm here. I'll shoot from half court or I'll shoot a, you know, Hey, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just, you just put it out into the universe. It's going to come back to you. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I guess just one thing, like, what are any challenges that you're going through right now? Honestly, it's just truly just making sure that I, you know, get some good, healthy relationships. Um, want to be healthier in life. Um, I started you know, working out, you know, I'm doing three times a week, you know, trying to, you know, run and doing cardio. I'm trying to get, you know, in shape. I know that health is everything, you know, I've been living ever since high school football was done. I'm still living in the past. Like, oh, I used to work out every day or whatever. Like, you got to work out. You got to work out. So I've been working out here and there. Um, other challenges has just been organization, right? As we grow, um, or going through growing pains, making sure that we're organized, staying on top of things. Um, so, I mean, those are my biggest challenges. I'm not sleeping too well either. I won't lie. Um, and I think that's just from stress of the job. Um, but I think that in the next, you know, couple months, as we continue to put pieces underneath us, we'll have a good plan and, uh, I'll be sleeping at night. Um, but Right now, those are really the biggest things. I mean, I'm, I'm truly blessed. I have a great group of friends here. I live in Austin, Texas. I have great, great, great people like you in my life. And uh, I'm just truly blessed. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm going to get you on for a meditation one-on-one session so we can help with that stress and the sleep because sleep is yeah. one of the number one things for health. And when you can have a good night's sleep, like, whoo, that just helps so much. So I'll hook you up with that. <laughs> Please. I'm literally at the point where the other day I was just like, I woke up at like 2, 3 a.m. And I just kept, I was like, what is, this is great. And I couldn't go back to sleep. So I ended up pulling up my laptop and just reading stuff. I didn't, I mean, it is what it is, but I definitely need to get better at that. That is a challenge of mine. Yes. Yeah. That's valid. And I think a lot of people face that and we're just like, what's normalized, you know, now it's like, oh yeah, me too, me too. But it's like, no, that's not normal. <laughs> it's common, but it's not normal. You just sleep. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the last one, it's a heavy topic, but I know you've gone through a lot of deaths of friends and people in your life. So how have you managed that? Yes. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, Ryan Terman. Rest in peace, my boy, Jesse. Um, rest in peace, Ariel. Um, so I, it's been a rough year for everybody in Seattle. Um, and just in general across the nation, uh, fentanyl kills, uh, one pill kills, um, you know, and it's something that people don't want to talk about. Like, Oh, Yonza, why did you just put them on blast by saying what it was? Well, because I want people to know, um, this is this is serious, serious, serious things. I'm watching families be torn apart, young, young kids. Um, how do I cope with it? There's, I mean, really, I mean, 
I just turn to God. I pray. I mean, I'm heartbroken. Um, I live with it every day. Um, I'm still very close to their siblings. Uh, talk to them. And so it's, it's, it's been tough this year, this last year. Um, but I just want everyone to know, you know, their fentanyl is everywhere. It's laced in the oxys. It's laced in anything that you think, Molly, um, the uh, cocaine, whatever those drugs are out there that people are taking, it's in there. And so just stop taking them. Um, just please stop and just reach out for help if you're battling with that. Um, I believe that, you know, everyone should be, you know, everyone, everyone has their battles and I get it, but you do recover. If you do ask, get the help and you do work at it. I've seen many people. I've been a part of many journeys. I've been a part, you know, even at Mod Pizza, I had many, many employees. We were the number one employer, second chance people. So a lot of the people I worked with were getting that second chance, trying to be clean. And so I've seen the journey. I've seen people fail. I've seen people succeed. I'm not saying it's easy. I know it. It's not easy and it's hard, but you got it. Keep fighting, keep working at it every day. You're loved um, and it's not worth it. You know, um, your family, I mean, it's been tough. It's been a tough year, but um, yeah, it's just one pill kills. So just, that's my number one thing. Just one pill kills. Don't, don't, don't even try it. Don't even waste your time with it. Okay. Yeah. So it's so unpredictable and so sad. Like it's the amount of lives that have been taken is unreal. Like, and it's just heartbreaking. It's like that, you know, you, you did have a chance. And like you said, like, you just got to ask for that support and do the work. And yeah, the work is hard at first, but then like you get a whole lifetime, you know, and so mm-hmm. worth that little bit of work. And, and as you said, like, there is no uh, recipe for grief. Like it just comes yeah. you for life. So um yeah you take you you know you just take what emotions are there and deal with them when they come up and um you lean on your support system so yes definitely definitely and we've had a great support system everybody back home all of our friends we've all came together we're still celebrating their lives and um it's definitely been um it's been it's been a rough rough year but um, I think the word's getting out there. I think people are starting to realize that this is very serious. I mean, we are losing people in our communities like this. Just draw, I mean, it's not this summer, this past summer was just chaos. So, um, you know, rest in peace to all the lost lives, but we need to do better, you know, talking about it. You know, we need to educate people. We need to have real stories in front of these kids at early ages. I think the understanding of drugs needs to happen at sixth grade um i ask me personally that's my belief people you know i haven't i'm not a root scientist i don't i'm not a professional in children's but i think that you know in sixth grade you're getting shown drugs you're understanding what drugs are and um the way that this is going the easier and easier it is to get pills on the street i think the education needs to get a lot more aggressive and happen earlier so yeah yeah I think you're right like that you said at the beginning like why are you talking about it I had that happen too and I have a friend overdose don't tell anyone don't tell anyone I'm like what do you mean don't tell anyone like, this is a huge problem we need to be talking like they have shame around it but it's like you are preventing more people from healing by having shame around their like I, yeah. I 
you. And it's like, it's so important. We need to talk about it. And uh, yeah. It's been tough. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll all, I think one day we will all, you know, look back on this whole time in our lives. I hope this does slow down. I know the fentanyl, I know they're working on it. I know that there's many people working to stop fentanyl coming into um, America or being produced here in America. But um, that is definitely killing a lot of people um, and it's, it needs to stop. So talk about it, spread the love, spread the education. One pill kills. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing about that. And so we're going to wrap it up here. I have one last question, which is a question of the podcast. And that is what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you? Oh, so I know this was, I mean, this is the one that sticks out most to me, um, was, uh, during the snowpocalypse here in Texas, um, we, you know, lost a bunch of power and everybody was just running wild. There's so much snow. There's only one snowplow in all of Austin or wasn't that much snow. Okay. <laughs> but leaders were ill-prepared. And so it was like, anarchy I mean, it was chaos in the streets i mean so there's a time when you know nobody could use their bathrooms any of that and so there's huge line at this restaurant that had power and i forgot my wallet i stood in line for like an hour and i forgot my wallet and i look at the guy and he's like it's okay you're good and that again i ordered a bunch of food for my room everybody he just was like you're okay you're good you're good you know and it was like he didn't even question it i was just like and I didn't even have a moment to say a word. And that right there is why, you know, those industry people are the real MVPs, man. Come on. They're working there in the snow. It's freezing cold. He's out here just giving out food to people that are in need. I mean, even if I could afford it, and I know I could have, um, and he probably could have made me just run back and meet me at the top of the line. He was just like, ah, don't worry about it. Right. And so that right there was a blessing. And that was a huge random act of kindness. That's so nice. That's so, so sweet. I love uh, those stories just make my heart snuggle. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great question. Thank you. <laughs> so if someone wants to find you or know what you're up to, where can they find you and anything you want to share with people? Yeah. Um, Instagram, the real Yonza Masinguzi. I made that when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, Twitter at Real Yonza. Um, and then if you just want to find information on Bezoe, you could go to www.bezoehomecare.com. Um, feel free to reach out anytime. If you're somebody that's just looking for um, help, networking with people, mentors, if you're a young cat in Seattle area or Washington or Austin, um, I'm around, just reach out. Um, if you're looking for sports training or anything like that, reach out to me. I got you. I know a lot of people, um, you know, just ask, ask, what, what do you need? Just ask, right? And maybe I can help, right? And so let's reach out, DM me. My DMs are open. Um, and I'm always there to talk. So thank you so much, Lexi, for having me on. And uh, it's been just a truly a blessing. Thank you again for this platform. You're amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. And everyone like definitely reach out he's the sweetest little pea in the pot <laughs> and you didn't really see it on this episode but he's also hilarious so <laughs> have a good you'll have a good chat i still have that memory of when we were in sun valley and you made that little bear talking you <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my God. We have good times, man. I love it. I love people and people make me just happy. So if I could see you smiling, let's just all smile together, man. Come on. Love it. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lexi. Thank you for all you do. Thank you so much.